Hello and welcome. I am Michele Matarazzo, and this is the MDS Podcast, the podcast channel of the International Parkinson and Movement Disorder Society. In the last year, the Movement Disorders Journal has increased further its impact factor as an additional recognition of the high quality and interest of the articles published. Between them, the editorial board chooses every year one as the best research article and one as the best review article of the year. Today, we're going to interview the recipient of the award for the best review article. The 2021 review article from Movement Disorders is titled Variability of Movement Disorders, the Influence of Sensation, Action, Cognition, and Emotions. And it has been published on the March 2021 issue on the Movement Disorders Journal. Professor Maya Kojovic is from the Department of Neurology of the University Medical Center Ljubljana in Slovenia, and she has joined us today to discuss about the article. Welcome, Maya, and congratulations for this award. Good afternoon, Michele. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, let me first express how honored and pleased uh, I am for getting this award. And I would also like to acknowledge uh, my co-authors. So the first author of the paper is Rog Derlo, who is my colleague here from Ljubljana, and uh, Professor Kailash Bati and Professor John Rodfell from uh, University College of London. Great. Now, let me start with a very simple yes or no question. Mm. Yesterday, I saw a young patient with Parkinson's disease and she had tremor mm. on the left hand during the entire time of the visit. I mean, when we were speaking and also during the, the examination. Well, she told me that she can suppress the tremor when she listens to her favorite music. Should I believe her? Oh, uh, I think we should always believe our patients, but I, yes, I, I think sim simple answer, yes, you should believe her and uh, more elaborate answer would include all the possible ways this can happen, but we can talk about it later. Well, it's good to know that my patients don't lie to me. <laughs> Indeed, many times patients come to the clinic and tell me how better or worse they are in very specific situations, uh, such as you know, doing a specific activity, or for example, they always come with new tricks to overcome the episodes of freezing of gait. And this is actually very interesting because motor manifestations in movement disorders, certainly we know that they fluctuate a lot and not only because of the medication. In this beautiful review article, you highlight many factors that have an impact on these disorders. Can you give me a few examples of this and maybe an explanation of why this happens? Well, yes, uh, you are absolutely right. So motor manifestations do not fluctuate only in relation to medications, but uh, there are many other factors that may contribute to variable expression of motor symptoms. There are these extrinsic factors which, comes for, which come from the environment and they affect movements through sensory systems. And there are intrinsic factors like motivation or emotional uh, state or uh, voluntary activity. And uh, I will try to uh, give you some examples uh, of bad and also of uh, good uh, interactions. So I will maybe start from somatosensory system where we know that touch and proprioception and even thermal stimuli may uh, influence movement disorder. So The most illustrative example that everybody know, uh, knows is a sensory trick in Estonia. But um, 
The opposite uh, example of touch would be stimulus sensitivity of cortical myoclonus, where by briefly touching the like, uh, fingers of the patient, we can provoke flurries of jerks. Proprioception is also important. And here I would like to mention Charcot, because uh, actually he was the first one who noticed that vibration may be helpful for Parkinson disease patients. And uh, he was a very good listener and he uh, heard from his, his patients that uh, they may get better if they had long traveled by um, coach or by uh, rail. So he even invented a chair, a vibratory chair, trying to treat uh, his patients. There is music, as you mentioned in the, intro, uh, in the introduction, uh, which may help many types of involuntary movements. Uh, Ticks, for example, dystonia, or even tremor uh, in your patients. And also, it doesn't have to be a music. We know that rhythmic cues may improve freezing of gait uh, in Parkinson's disease. Body position is also important. And uh, it was Froman who investigated the rigidity of Parkinson's disease in dependence of uh, position. And he noticed that PD patients may have almost normal tone if they are relaxed or lying in the bed as opposed if they are standing. Vision is also very uh, important and there are many examples. So I will choose some unusual one. I'm not uh, sure if um, many people are familiar about the effect of vision on cerebellar tremor where vision can in fact, um, uh, worsen tremor. So patients may perform much better if they are guiding movement from memory as opposed uh, under visual guidance. But more known example of interaction with vision is, again, in freezing of gait, where uh, like uh, seeing that when patients approach narrow spaces, they may uh, get freezing. And also the opposite effect. They may get better and improve freezing if they are crossing the transfers and lines on the floor. These are uh, extrinsic factors, but even more important uh, are the intrinsic one. And maybe I can mention uh, voluntary motor activity, which can importantly affect uh, many, many symptoms. So we use it in clinics. So we know that we can provoke PD tremor if we ask patients to do tapping movements, movements with the opposite hand. And uh, the same similar situation is with chorea that get worse when patient is, for example, reading or dystonia, which uh, get worse on a voluntary activation of affected and non-affected body part. We all know about the influence of stress and anxiety, which usually worsen many symptoms, particularly Parkinson's disease tremor and dyskinesia in Parkinson's disease. And then there is uh, the effect of attention and cognitive load that we also use many times in the clinic, for example, we, to provoke PD tremor. And um, it's also obvious in everyday life for Parkinson's disease patients because they cannot usually do two things at the same time because they divide the attention between tasks. So all these things may occur through many possible mechanisms, but I, they can be broadly divided in these mechanisms into the three categories. So the first one 
which is, I think, the most common mechanism is physiological interaction between sensory systems or motivational uh, and emotional circuits with motor network. And this interaction occurs in everybody, also in healthy people, but the effect is much more obvious uh, in patients because they have pre-existing motor deficits. So the common example is uh, motivational modulation of movement speed. If we are running late uh, on important meeting, we will walk faster even without thinking about it. But in Parkinson's disease patients, this motivational factor may be very, very striking. So there are these examples of paradoxical kinesis where almost immobile patients uh, may escape dangerous situations like fire or earthquake. The second uh, mechanism is is abnormal sensory motor interaction, and which is specific to the disease. And the example is the effect of sensory trick in dystonia or the effect uh, of cueing on gait and freezing in Parkinson's disease. And the third mechanism is temporary loss of compensatory uh, role. So of of the system that has been put into the place in order to balance the pre-existing deficit due to the disease. So the example would be the effect of closing eyes on sensory ataxia, because uh, if we uh, take vision as a compensatory effect, the the balance will uh, get worse and patient may fall. So these are main mechanisms, and they are not exclusive to each other. Well, I think this is fascinating, and also it's it's incredible the amount of things that we cannot see, you know, in the short time that we have uh, in the clinic when we are with the patient. Mm. So we have to rely a lot on what they tell us, and but definitely there are a lot of things that we are missing because we cannot see how how actually all this interaction with daily life has an impact on on their disease. Mm, absolutely. And actually, talking about that, I, I am quite interested in technology, and uh, right now. The devices for continuous remote monitoring of our patients at their homes and in their own environment are blooming. Uh, What do you think their place will be in the future? Do you think we will use them in clinical practice? And specifically, now that you're talking about all these factors, do you think they will help us understand more about those factors that are involved in the fluctuations and in the manifestations that they have at home? Well, this is very relevant uh, for the topic we are talking uh, about today. We know that there is a large discrepancy between what we see in the clinic or, for example, what we measure in the lab and how patients behave uh, in the natural environment, uh, which which we may capture with the remote sensors. And indeed, what happens in the clinic or in the lab is that the patient may perform better or worse than at home. There is this white coat effect, and I think it's usually happened with dyskinesia because in Parkinson's disease, they may be quite pronounced in the clinic and then patients would tell you, well, at home, I usually not, not having so much of these movements. And there is also the opposite effect, which uh, is called Hawthorne effect. So patients are usually highly motivated to perform well if they are given attention by the researcher. So for all these uh, reasons, the sensors like remote sensor 
are better to capture behavior of patients uh, in uh, the real life. Because the clinic, as you said, is a just, it's a just a snapshot of the, the whole condition. And regarding fluctuations, so sensors can certainly capture some fluctuation on the longer scale, like, for example, um, sleep benefit uh, or diurnal fluctuation in dystonia, for example, or like a nocturnal behavior. However, if we are like talking about this moment-to-moment fluctuation, collecting a lot of data by this sensor without knowing what the patient is doing at the moment, at that moment, can may not be so useful. So maybe the sensor in combination with some sort of the diary where patient can write uh, what's happening to him at that moment. Perfect. Let me ask you another question about what you were saying before and what you wrote in the manuscript. You actually point out that many factors can improve some movement disorders, or at least you can improve some aspects of the movement. Should we consider them as a therapeutic target? I think, well, many of these interactions are already used like therapy or in rehabilitation. So the most illustrative example are uh, different sorts of devices for freezing of gait that may produce like a rhythmic cues or like lacercane. There are many devices uh, for dystonia that uh, may mimic a sensory trick for example, the glasses for blepharospasm or ortosis for oromandibular dystonia. But there are also some less known uh, tricks that some patients may use. For example, immersing the arm into the cold, very cold water for 20 or 30 minutes may improve tremor in cerebellar diseases and also in essential tremor. So perhaps some patients may use it for some special occasions. Uh, but as you said, most of these uh, interactions are short-lasting. Uh, we know that from uh, freezing of devices for freezing of gaze, usually patients change them all the time. However, I'm sure that uh, these factors should be further explored uh, in order to, to help patients. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. It is obvious that the Movement Disorder Journal editorial board liked your paper a lot. Now, let, let me ask you the other way around. What do you like most about the Movement Disorders Journal? I like Movement Disorders. It's my, it's my favorite journal, obviously, uh, because of the scope. Uh, as a clinician, I, found, I find many uh, relevant topics, clinical topics, but uh, I like it covers uh, clinically relevant research. Um, I also like this uh, hot topic section. So I can read about things from journal that I usually don't journal that I don't read, and I mean as a as a as a potential author, I like that the response uh, is very quick, even if if it's a desk rejection, <laughs> you receive it in a couple of days. Well, thank you very much. We have interviewed. Professor Maya Kojovic, author of the article Variability of Movement Disorders, The Influence of Sensation, Action, Cognition, and Emotions, awarded as Best 2021 Review Article for Movement Disorders. Congratulations again, Maya, and also congratulations to the rest of the authors, and thank you all for listening. Thank you, Michele. It was a pleasure to be with you today.